Action Fanatics, welcome to episode 101 of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me in the co-host chair this time out, Ryan Campbell. Ryan, welcome back to the show and happy Actionversary. Yes, a happy Actionversary to you. I know a lot of work goes into this month. Uh, I, honestly, once it turns to like April, I start getting uh, texts from Brain about you know, what's going on for Actionversary. So, um, you know, I know you put a lot into it. Well done this month, and I'm glad to be here. A two-man booth, the rare two-man booth. I don't think I've ever been a part of a two-man no, booth with you since like, 2011, maybe. I don't know. There you go. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, yeah, and you know we're wrapping up Actionversary. We've been celebrating our ninth anniversary of, or the ninth anniversary of BulletProfaction.com all August long. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm glad you got to be a part of it here on the show. Uh, last time out, if you if you missed that one, everyone, it was a doozy. Episode 100 lived up to the the milestone that an episode 100 is because we had special guest Paul London on the show and he was off the rails from the word go. We talked over the top. If you missed that one, you definitely want to check that one out. One of looks like it's going to be one of our most listened to episodes of the year. Well, that's good. It's always it's always reassuring when. It's kind of funny when you do a website or run things like this. You never know. Like the most obscure, phoned in, you know, pull it out of your ass stuff sometimes ends up becoming the the big hits while the stuff that you put a lot of work into kind of falls flat. So it's good to see that sometimes the things that you plan, you know, love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. And every once in a while it does. So, yeah, there you go. And one of the big things that we had planned uh, for this are, you know, we do a, a big countdown on the actual date of our actionversary, which is August 29th. And this year we checked out the films of new image, the early films of new image, new image, of course, would eventually morph into millennium, which does the expendables, which we've got a, a fourth one coming out. Uh, the uh, has fallen series, which I know you're a big fan of Ryan. Um, and you know, they, they've really did, you know, they're the, kind of the big action guys around now, like just pure action movies. Um, but you had to start somewhere and they started with new image and, uh, it's always good to get special guests in because obviously we all come from different backgrounds. We all have seen different movies. So you put that all together and you come up with these lists. And one of the movies on the list is what we're going to be talking about. And this is a movie that I have never seen, you know, many times on this program, we will talk about movies that you're seeing for the first time. But I think this is the first time that we may be talking about what well, both of us have just been seeing this one for the first time. Yeah, very rare that that, that happens. That there's not, I mean, like you said, a lot of the times you're introducing me to these kind of things or it's just something we've both seen. This is a rare occurrence. This should be fun. I have no idea what to expect. And I had no idea what to expect when you sent me the link and said, this is what we're watching for the for the podcast. I lo- I didn't look it up. I didn't watch a trailer. I just literally clicked the YouTube link and, you know, I was like, what in the world is this movie? Yeah, it's chaotic for sure. Uh, What drew me to this movie, and we'll get into it uh, as we go, is is the cast, first of all. Just so many familiar faces in this cast. And then on top of that, it was directed by Sidney J. Fury. The movie we're talking about, folks, I guess we've kind of buried the lead. It's Top of the World, uh, a new image film, Top of the World. It premiered on video on September 29th. 1998. So I like how you did that. The last time we did over the top. And when you go over the top, you're on top of the world. You know, sometimes 
you don't plan things and they work out better than you would have. Uh, so yeah, this one directed by Sidney J. Fury, who was the man behind Iron Eagle, which of course. That's a bona fide if I've ever heard one right we there. Have, we have talked about that. And I think I have mentioned it uh, basically on as many episodes as I can get in, even when we weren't talking about Iron Eagle. Uh, another favorite he done, The Taking of Beverly Hills. Um, to a lesser, he also did uh, Superman 4, if we want to talk about that. But we probably don't. So you got Sidney J. Fury and, and what is truly an all-star cast. And we will get into that, as I said, as we go. Movie kicks off. We get an aerial view of Las Vegas, or at least Las Vegas in the '90s. Um, there's a song called "Top of the World," which is always nice when the there's a specific song for the movie uh, as the opening credits go. And then Ryan Campbell, we see our first familiar face from That's Death, right from Death Wish Three. He, Ed, yeah, Ed Louder from Dead from Death Wish Three is is definitely one where, but I couldn't help but thinking of uh, <laughs> not another teen movie, right? Where he is the coach, and I just wanted him to be like, I don't, goddamn it, owe all this money, goddamn it, goddamn it. That's what I was expecting him to do. I, I, uh, yeah, not another teen is always one I forget he's in, but it's like one of the greatest things, a great surprise, uh, you know, because obviously I've not seen not another teen movie near the times I have seen. Death Wish Three, but yeah, he plays Mel, uh, a used car salesman. Although they're not that, they're not too used. No, 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 yeah, yeah. They're just nothing under seven years. So or over seven years. Um, you know, certified pre-owned. Uh, hundred. He's lost one hundred twenty-nine thousand dollars at the blackjack table at the Cowboy Casino or Cowboy World Casino, and that's not a good place to be, to be in that much debt. Uh, and it's kind of pushed him over the edge because he's in like the owner's office holding a gun at the owner, Charles Atlas, not the guy from the beach, but uh, Dennis Hopper and his right-hand man, Vince, played by Joey Pants uh, of the Goonies fame. Uh, And they're basically just trying to reason, like, you could kill us, but that doesn't erase your debt. Yeah, the opening scene did nothing to to help fix my wonderment about what this movie was. Well, yeah, what were we getting into? What and those people? I mean, I know Dennis Hopper is the bad guy here. He's got to be. It's Dennis Hopper. So what's he doing with the gun held to him as the casino owner? And and I was just. And then you got yeah Joey Pants over there, uh, you know, right on the heels of going to be in the Matrix in about a year and really kind of cement himself. Um, I love his delivery in this movie, though. By the way, that very like calm that like soothing voice that he has is just kind of, uh, you know, he eventually would kind of do that as well as, as Cypher would in the matrix and kind of do the same thing. But um, yeah, I had no idea what was going on in this opening scene and who I should be rooting for kind of a, a small, you know, preview of the rest of the movie is you really don't know who you're supposed to be rooting for most of the time. Yeah. It's definitely one of those uh, shades of gray, bro. There's no, there's no, heels and faces in this it's all shades of gray bro so we've got uh we now cut to uh our our main star here mr ray mercer played by robocop himself peter weller i i don't know nothing about this robocop stuff but all i know is that on my screen was buckaroo bonsai which means you have my undivided attention that's right buckaroo bonsai your favorite peter weller movie uh but you might get the hate mail for saying you don't know um, <laughs> he was fine as robocop but man next level he's got perfect Banzai. he had the perfect robocop lips i mean that's why he's the best robocop yeah this perfect. is pretty squarely in the middle honestly if we're thinking about 
you know, the, the wide spectrum of RoboCop to Buckaroo Banzai, I would say Ray Mercer fits pretty squarely in the middle. Yeah, he really does. Um, so he was an ex-cop. He's just been released from prison um, and he's waiting for his soon to be ex-wife, Rebecca, to come pick him up. Rebecca, played by Tia Carrera, who has been in a number of things. Probably the height of her fame. If we always talk about like the peak of their powers, 97 was probably right near the top of, uh, of her kind of her, the the closest she got to to superstardom. She got pretty close. Yeah. Oh, and she's been a ton of things. Action fans, you know, one of my favorites, uh, showdown in little Tokyo with Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. Of course, Wayne's world was probably her most famous. I would think. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. I was going to say, uh, yeah, I was thinking, um, wasn't she in True Lies? Yes, she was. That's what I was thinking until you said uh, Wayne's World. But yeah, probably. probably True Lies as well. Yeah. Wayne's World. Um, so she pulls up. Uh, Ray hands the front guard, the front gate guards, a box of all unopened letters uh, from basically that Rebecca has been sending him for the past four years that he's been in prison. I don't know why he didn't open them. I thought maybe the over the top mom kept him in a drawer from him. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's probably not what happened, uh, because over the top mom had been dead by uh, 10 years at this point. Uh, so Safe yeah, assumption. um, now we cut back to Atlas's office and, uh, you know, Mel is, or Charles asked Mel if he has life insurance, because there's one way he can get out of this debt and still take care of his family at the same time. And, you know, that's just kind of off himself. Uh, and I think now that's the first indicator, you know, because at first you're like, why is, you know, Atlas and, and Vince, why do they have this gun pointed on? They must not be. They must be the good guys because they're getting held up by this crazy guy. But you you realize that, no, these guys are also not good. Yeah, there's a nice little moment here. And I turn it where Vince says to Dennis Hopper's character, Charles, that like, you know, Back in the day, you would have just killed him and made it look like a suicide. And Dennis is like, oh, you know, I guess I'm just kind of implies that like he's going soft. Like the idea of implying that someone should kill themselves so that their life insurance is is them going soft. So it's a nice little bit of like building of a villain to really make someone look like a real piece of shit without (laughs) just doing a really stereotypical thing. Yeah, he doesn't want to get his own hands dirty anymore, but uh, he will still manipulate and, and pull the strings there. And we get uh, the first chance for uh, Charles to say, top of the world. Ding! There you go. You got to love it. You, I mean, when the theme song has the name of the movie and in it. We're not five minutes in. We've got the theme song. We've yeah. said the title of the movie. We're good. We're off and running. And the Mercers. Ray and Rebecca are off and running. They're on their way to Vegas where they will get a quickie divorce because you can get quickie divorces there. Just like you can get quickie uh, marriages. Probably in the same place. Probably. It's a, it's a nice convenient. You you just go around back. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And now we're going to meet Dean and Carl and Carl played by Martin Cove, Dean by Kevin Bernhardt. Again, Martin Cove. There's another name that just pops up. Like, Oh my, like these are just, an all-star action cast all over um, the place. And they are preparing to rob the cowboy world casino. Um, and we find out that Carl might have, might be a bit trigger happy uh, because Dean makes him promise not to kill anyone that he doesn't absolutely have to. So these guys have obviously worked together before and Dean has obviously seen Carl uh, at uh, 
bodies to his list of uh, victims. Yeah, and Martin Cove puts his all into giving that oath. That's <laughs> the scene of them like reciting the oath that he will not kill someone unless it's ne- absolutely necessary. He really sinks his teeth into that moment. Yeah, he's having a good time. That's one thing. It seems like everybody in this movie is having a good time. Making That's it. what kind of gave me some Buckaroo Banzai vibes in a way. Uh, uh, it just felt like, yeah, you got this weirdly eclectic cast of, of I know that, where that guy's from. And everybody seems to just having a really good time and really just putting it all into to their characters, no matter you know what what little they have to go with. They're just giving it their all, and you always appreciate that. Um, now, just outside of uh, Vegas, the Mercers are stopped on the side of the road. Rebecca believes she hit something, but there's no sign that she hit anything. So, but it gives them a chance to have a bit of a heart to heart. I definitely heard a sound. It oh like, yeah, it yeah. sounds <laughs> like something, but there was like no physical evidence of it. Uh, unless it was just like I don't know, like the uh, Emil in RoboCop, uh, and he it just liquefied. It's like yeah, turned into and, and then it's so it's so warm there that it just immediately evaporated. Evaporated. <laughs> so yeah, you know Rebecca kind of wishes Ray would have kept his mouth shut. So we're kind of getting little bits and pieces of what got Ray into prison to begin with. Um, but we don't get the full story till later. And props to the movie for doing that. Uh, again, we've said this multiple times about some some older movies. Is no one's got the balls to do that nowadays? Where the, the, we would have got all the exposition within the first five minutes, we would have known what was going on. Up until the third act, we're still not entirely sure what the hell happened between Rebecca and Ray. Right. Um, I'm not sure we ever really get a full clarity right. on some of the things, but yeah, they uh, they definitely slow drip the exposition in this movie about what what's happened in the past between some of these characters. And Ray also asked, you know, if she is, you know, why she's so anxious for this divorce. Has she found another man? And, you know, and she kind of just ignores the question. Um, we go back to the casino and Dean has now gained access to the security surveillance room in rather violent fashion. Um, and speaking of the Cowboy World Casino, we that's where Rebecca works. And dun, they, dun, dun. they stop by and uh, she's like, hey, I, I need to run in and get some money. Now, Ray assumes you, somebody says, I got to run and get some money that you've got to go to the, the ATM. Especially in Vegas. Cause, or right. you got some chips just sitting in your bag or something. Right. And you, you know, people yeah, just literally walk around with their, with chips in their car to different casinos in Vegas. So you're going to the pay that. Yeah. Right. So, but instead she goes to the, the count room because that's part of her job. She's like the head of accounting or some such thing. Uh, and but she we just, don't know that yet. She just walks into the counter. But nobody questions why she's there. Right, right, right. So you can make the assumption. Again, we're piecing it together that she must work there or something. She grabs a clipboard, which implies to us that she's probably doing some sort of accounting. She's, she's got, yeah, she's doing an audit. But the room was uh, kind of dark and all the money was like in bags. For a minute, I thought maybe she was a, one of the bad guys and they were counting I, I, or was laundering money. I don't know, but yes. Anyway, she skimmed some off the top. She, she skimmed some off the top, uh, which, you know, that's I guess better than an agent. As one does, you know. Indeed. Uh, so, and, you know, this is obviously the, the same room that's about to be the target uh, of the robbery. Um, Ray's outside and he gets into it with the valet parking attendant. It's like, you can't just sit here in your car. I have to park your car. But I'm like, you know, and it goes back and forth. They have um, a nice little witty banter throughout the entire movie. Him in this, in this, uh, <laughs> in the parking, valet parking lot. Of, yeah. The valet attendant. Who's also an ex-con. Indeed. So, you know, that's something to bond over. Um, so now Carl and his crew 
uh, which includes the head and inside man. You need an inside man for a job like this. Although we'll find out he's got a real inside man in a little while. But security guard Joe Burns, uh, he's there. And they take out the guard outside the count room. And once they get in, things don't go exactly as planned. Uh, That's right. Anyone who's ever lit a firework on the 4th of July for the anticipation to be just cut straight down by a dud would understand exactly what happened here in this scene. Yeah, there's some guys cut down all right, but it wasn't by Carl. And that's one of my favorite moments here where he he knows that Dean's watching him on the security camera. And he's like pantomiming like, hey, it wasn't me. I didn't shoot these guys. It was these yahoos that I brought with me. Um, So he's keeping his promise thus far. And again, it comes up multiple times throughout the end of the movie, throughout the entire movie. This this, this oath and this, uh, it even, there's a moment later in the movie that we'll get to where uh, it's not just played for gags or whatever. It kind of plays into the story and things. So like the movie does a lot of just little things that uh, kind of separate, I think, from other just straight to DVD or straight to VHS releases. Like it's trying in a lot of different ways and carrying different arcs and little moments throughout the entire film and finding ways to just keep putting them back in and keep them going throughout the entire runtime. Yeah. That's definitely one thing, you know, there's like always something happening in this movie. There, there's no dead time. Everything is either piecing something back together. There's some it's Vegas baby. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, we got, um, Ray who now goes inside the casino because the car has been taken away from him. Um, and this violates his parole to be even in the casino. Um, but, Ray meets the lovely Ginger, the cocktail waitress, and manages to convince her to play the slots for him because, I mean, he's not supposed to be in there. He's definitely not supposed to be gambling. Um, But he gives her some money to put in the slot machine. Whatever he wins, he'll split with her. They definitely seem to imply that he knew it was going to be a jackpot, right? Like he knew the sequence or something because he was very adamant about pulling it that one last time. He told her the two $20 bills specifically like this. So like, but that, that, that is one thing that doesn't ever get any kind of payoff. That's how he knew that that was thing was about to hit a jackpot. I think he was just like, you know what? This is the last, like, what did he say? Like $51. So he probably he had two twenties and a 10 and a one. So was he just like, you know what? I'm going to obviously blow through this anyway, quicker than a hiccup. May as well. Just let's roll with it. Let's see what I can get for this. He also was a cop in Vegas, so he might have picked up a few. He may have picked up a few things along the way, yeah. Um, Rebecca now comes out of the count room. is like, she's like, Rain, like, why didn't you stay in the car? They are getting into an argument. And now we see that old Charlie's got a monitor up in his office. And he's watching the Mercers arguing on on said monitor. Um, It causes enough of a commotion that security comes in to to remove, you know, like, hey, you got a problem with your wife get it we don't need it here in our casino which is understandable take it home uh or at least outside uh so they're trying to remove ray ray as you said adam like hey rebecca pull that lever i got one more spin on that thing um she does it he hits the big jackpot four hundred and fifty thousand dollars that's that's uh life-altering money there ryan campbell I would gladly take that. Yes. I, I, I would take 45,000. I would take 4,500. I would take $450. I'll take 45,000. There you go. There you go. Yes. 1450. Uh, maybe. I don't know what I got. I, I, if I have to get up and go down the street, I guess I will, but I don't yeah. know. I mean, I could buy McDonald's or something. Uh, so Ray and Rebecca are now invited up because they're the, he's the big winner. So go see the boss. 
Um, you know, they got the big novelty check ready to go. Um, and But here is where Ray finds out that uh, Rebecca not only works for the casino, she's uh, involved with, with the boss. Yeah, he definitely seemed to have a sneaking suspicion throughout the entire... I mean, if you don't, if you don't even open the letters, you probably assume something was going to happen or she would... And one of the, their early conversation about having a guy and he's always just a little coy about it. So not obviously not that he knew that it was going to be Charles, but I'm sure he had a pretty good idea that there was going to be some other guy eventually, but you got a hot wife like that. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your your way, prime. Yeah. It's, it's high, high, highly likely that something, somebody's going to swoop in there and she's got like, needs, you know? Oh yeah, she does. Uh, meanwhile, we go to. So this is where we're missing Chad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Chad would have some dirty things to say, uh, for sure. We'll try to. Well, again, if you want real bad, listen to last uh, episode. Um, meanwhile, we go to Mel's room. Mel's dead. Vince is there. <laughs> he put a sheet over him to be respectful. Uh, and waiting for the cops to show up. The cop does show up. It's Detective Augustus, played by David Allen Greer. Like here's just a random. Another. <laughs> And uh, this is probably about the same time Jumanji came out where he played a cop again. I think that was 98. So that was probably right around the same time or 90, was it 95? Sometime around here. I don't know. But they also imply that this happens often, suicides in the hotel. Yeah, it's it's like usually they jump. Yeah. Then there's multiple people throughout the movie make references about what happens when a body hits concrete from jumping. So like, again, just little moments, little conversations between characters that are all adding to you know, the story, not only does it imply that this happens often, but it also, everyone's just kind of like, you know, whatever about it. Uh, I'm trying to think of what's the word, the, the blase fair. I don't know. Whatever. Just very like, who cares about this yeah, happening all the time? Yeah. 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 People die every day. People kill themselves. This hotel. All the yeah. Time. It's Vegas. It's a, it's a different culture there. Um, yeah. Something like, yeah, that'd be like headline news of somebody just jumped out of a building and, most places, but uh, Vegas, yeah, that happens here every day. Um, so Charlie now figures out that Ray and Rebecca are husband and wife because they have the same last name. Um, good, good deduction there, Charles. Um, and he wants, you know, the usual. Let's take some publicity shots. This is a big deal. You won four hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. But you know, Ray's like, nah, I, I'm not really interested in all that, and we, for obvious reasons, because of his parole officer. <laughs> got wind of this and and the front page of the paper or wherever it would be, he'd be in some trouble. And so much that he says, you know, why don't you make out the check to Rebecca and not me? Which probably isn't equally as good. If she's an employee of the casino, she probably is not allowed to win slots, but um, regardless. Yeah. He he definitely, uh, he's trying to stay out of the limelight for sure. Trying to lay low. And he has a funny way of doing it throughout this movie at different points. Um, so now in the hallway outside of uh, Charles's office, we start getting some paths crossing because we've got. This is a rob- very small casino, apparently. We've got the <laughs> robbers. We've got Ray and Rebecca. We've got uh, Vince coming up with the detective because now they've taken care of the situation with Mel and bullets are flying and Ray and Rebecca slip into the elevator. Um, Okay, Ray realizes, okay, I did I got to get out of here because this place is about to be swarming with cops. So he goes out this back door that he thinks he's going to be fine, but he ends up being caught in the middle of 
Carl and his guys and the cops showing up. So yeah, it's, it's literally cops and robbers. Um, Ray goes to the back of the armored car that he does not know is the getaway vehicle. Um, but there's no getaway vehicle. You know, the guys inside the drive, they freak out and they get the hell out of there. But Ray is on the car or on the truck. There's a nice little moment too, where the cops come around the back of the car and he's just like praying that they don't right. turn around and right. which happens in movies all the time. And the guy never turns around. Well, this is the movie where the cop does turn around and he just says, I'm, I'm sure this looks quite awkward. Uh, but then the, the, the truck takes off and we are off and running and, and uh, yeah, uh, Ray is definitely the, the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. If you catch my drift. Exactly. So he's on at this point now crawled his way to the top of the armored car that is now being pursued on the streets of Las Vegas, cop cars driving through fences, going all over the place. Cop cars are flying around, flipping all over. Um, I want to thank Mr. Spiro Rosados, who was the second unit director and stunt coordinator. I've talked about Spiro many, many times. He did some great stuff for PM entertainment. He eventually went into the big time doing stuff, he did most of the fast and furious movies. Uh, so this guy knows his uh, vehicular mayhem. Like no, also knows. just the logistics of I'm sure shutting down Las Vegas to, to film scenes is right. uh, it looked like some, most of those car chase parts were not on the main strip. I was just trying to piece together. Obviously this is Vegas in 97. So it's a little different than what it looks like now, which is kind of funny because they allude to it multiple times in the movie that he's like, Vegas has changed since you went into the slammer and now it's completely different than what that even looks like. But, but yeah, he, um, again, yeah, the logistical nightmare, probably shutting down roads in that city to, to film and let alone set off explosions and drive through stuff. So not uh, an easy task, I'm sure. Well, the good thing is you could probably do it at ungodly times of the day and you're not really I mean, you're still disrupting. I don't know. Yeah, it's still it's Vegas. Though. I mean, those things go still busy, the, but it's not. Uh, you know, it's not like oh, you're in a residential area and you're you're filming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, whatever. The, yeah, you're not going to disturb anybody with the right. noise you're making. It's really just the logistics of you know people are still moving around and stuff till exactly way early in the morning. So when when the at one point the. He he's manages to jump from the armored car to one of the cop cars that is alongside of it, uh, which and he does so just in the nick of time because that armored car just keeps going barreling through, crashes, burns, and of course blows up because this is a movie. Um, and now Ray ends up being on foot. He ends up and he needs a disguise because the cops have seen him. He needs to now blend in and not be the the Ray Mercer that they saw. Um. And now we go back to the casino where we kind of got like the SWAT team guys coming. He goes right back into the action. We go to it's Captain Hefter played by Carrie Hiroki Tagawa. Again, I mentioned Showdown a Little Tokyo. He's in there. Uh, Soldier Boys. Uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I mean, he's been in nine zillion things. And uh, somebody right now is screaming the movie that they know him from as they're listening to this. And we that, That's all this movie is, is people like that. Yeah. The whole thing again, all star, all star movie. So he's there, you know, he's like, I want to shut this place down. We got to do this, 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 this. But Charlie shuts him down and he's like, you are not coming in here and shutting my casino down and costing me money. 
And uh, you can-, can you think of a more 2023 phrase than if I don't work for you, you work for me? <laughs> yeah, it, it's yes. It's a pretty Karen statement there from mm-hmm. uh, Charles Atlas. Yeah, the original Karen. Uh, so Lieutenant DeRosa is there as well, played by uh, Michael Delano, who, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talked about him in uh, Fist of Iron way back when with Michael Worth and uh, more recently Ring of Fire 2. Um, but he gives the description of the man who the cops saw running from the armored car. And, oh, Charlie, I know who that is. That's Ray Mercer. He was in here earlier. He won the jackpot, but he didn't want any publicity. He didn't even want the money. Blah, 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 blah. So he just throws Ray right under the bus. Rebecca's there. She's like, what? You know he has nothing to do with that. Yeah, I mean, other than convincing someone to kill themselves to pay off a gambling debt, so far at this point, Charles Atlas hasn't done too much that I can't say I wouldn't do myself. Uh, If I had a super hot wife and her still married husband just got out of the clank and I had an opportunity to burn him and get him out of the system, uh, get him out of the equation, I might take it, uh, you know? And yeah, I think at this point, again, playing into what the movie has revealed us, his casino is in the act of being robbed. He's, he's, I kept waiting for Dennis Hopper to go full Dennis Hopper in this movie. Um, every time that something new would just get thrown into the, the or a new wrench would get thrown into it. And uh, he stayed pretty composed for like 80% of this movie. I kept yeah. just waiting for him to do his Dennis Hopper thing. Yeah. He, he, he is uh, playing it cool, playing it close to the vest perhaps would be the way to say it uh, in, in this context. So, uh, Carl and the actual robbers, meanwhile, while all that's going on, they're trying to get out. They got the money, but they can't get the frick out because the, their path was stopped to get to the armored car. So now they're just going around all the back hallways, stairwells, trying to figure out how the hell they can get out with all this money. In a place that's pretty much designed for you to get lost in. Like <laughs> Las Vegas casinos aren't exactly like an open floor plan. Right. Um, so now Ray has he's got some tourist duds and uh there's a this this casino is crazy. They've got like a train that runs around. It's elevated. They got a roller coaster. Eh, this is this is the top of the world, baby. Um so yeah, Ray is on this train and he's outside the window where And it's like and it's like a kitty train in a mall to, to just to paint exactly. the picture. It's like one of those little tiny trains. So you have all these grown men having this action scene and what it equates to essentially kind of like a kid's train ride at a mall. It's, it's pretty good. So yeah, he's there and he just so happens to pass the window where, where Rebecca and Charles are. Having Again, it's a small casino. <laughs> and uh, he eventually jumps off the trains on the ledge. Rebecca's like trying to, to say, you know, you can't open the windows due to all the people that jumped. So she's trying to tell him through the window, the cops think you stole the money. Um, and just about then, Carl and the crew now are using a linen cart and like acting like they work for the, the linen company. I love that part yeah. too. Martin Cove at that point saying, uh, you know, it says he washes him, he dries them, he fluffs right. them, and I fold them. And then we all make sure they get to where they need to go. <laughs> I, got, I just got such a kick out of that explanation. And then the SWAT guy just buys it and lets them go. Yeah. But I, I got a kick out of that. But it's not for long because then we do get a, a shootout with the SWAT team and our, our robbers. Uh, dirty security guard Joe can't take the heat and he surrenders. Uh, and for you old school TV fans, Joe was played by Eddie Mecca, who played Carmine Ragusa 
in the classic Laverne and Shirley, the big ragu himself. Um, I put that one in there because in case toy man listens, cause he'd probably be offended if I didn't mention uh, classic TV. Um, so he surrenders. Carl shoots him in the back. So that didn't work out well for you. Before he says, "You, you cop, you shoot him or I will. And then he yeah, shoots him in yeah. the back. So Joe thought he was going to get out of it. Maybe take a, take a deal, turn in his friends, uh, get a lesser sentence, but he, his sentence was death. Uh, Ray now goes with all these bullets. Fine. He tries to get back in the train, uh, but ends up out, down in the fountain. And the cops snatch him up down there. And this kind of like a very Indiana Jones type scene there. It felt like he has, he's got some indie moments here where he's just kind of like buffoonery and his way, his way through the adventure and, and other things like that. Right, And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And that was definitely a, it doesn't work time. Uh, we get a little bit more of the backstory. So apparently there was a money being stolen by these cops. Ray took some of it himself, but compared to what other people were taking, it was nothing. And uh, he wouldn't rat out though exactly who was doing it. So he ends up in prison for four years later. They ended up, I think, busting his superior for much longer. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, kind of cop. He got busted. He admitted to it, um, but he wouldn't turn in his fellow boys in blue. That's what I took from it. He backs the blue. Let's just say that he does. So, that's happening. Ray's being questioned now. Um, and now Charlie gets word from his boy, Vince, that uh, his business partner, Doc, the butcher played by Peter Coyote is on the way. The butcher. And, and he's like a, a mobster from New York is what I've gathered here. So the, if you didn't know, the music definitely implied yeah. that every time that he was on, on screen. So, you know, he's not uh, going to be too happy that his casino has been robbed. Mafia grounds about and, being stolen from, and and Charles Atlas is is not too keen on figuring out how to exactly call him the butcher because I'm guessing these guys have known each other for a long time, and uh, the butcher he, thing is a new gimmick that just like I I met you as Chris the Brain. Yeah. If I had known you for 15 years and then all of a sudden you told me to start calling you the Brain, I I might be like, uh, how do I do that or how do I work this into right. a sentence? So I kind of get it. I, yeah, I understand that. And that would have been odd if I just adopted a nickname. Um, one of the cops questioning Ray, did you recognize him? Oh, no. I, I see here in my notes it says Gavin O'Hurley, but yeah. I did not recognize you know, him. You know who that is? Also from Death Wish 3, Fraker. Oh, you're right. Villain. Yes, yes. Without a stupid haircut. That's what did it for me. It's the lack of the lack of haircut. So yeah. So another Death Wish three connection again. When I was going through that cast list, I was like, "Oh my! Oh, how have I never seen this movie?" Before? We got RoboCop. We got Buckaroo Banzai. We've got Death Wish three alumni. Man. Yeah, Iron Eagle is out there. Iron home. Eagle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not another teen movie. <laughs> We're out of control. Uh, so while well, this Ray at some point sees his opening and he hops inside. You know, they, they give away cars at casinos, nice, sporty cars, different kinds of cars. Uh, Nick Papa Giorgio won a bunch of them once. Uh, yeah. So he hops in this car, which, of course, has the keys in it, because why wouldn't it? Of course and he it starts would. driving through the casino. He picks up Rebecca 
and, and you know, they continue going on. They just driving through, causing all kinds of chaos, all kinds of pandemonium. Now, I know at the top we said both of us had never seen this movie before. Uh-oh. But this footage here of this car drive through the casino was recycled for another new image movie that I did review earlier this year. And that's what I was like. I looked in the, you know, in the IMDb trivia and it's like, Oh, okay. And then like, I looked at it. I'm like, I probably should have watched this movie better. It seems like it got better numbers than the, uh, the one I watched. I think it was called disaster. And it was kind of a disaster to be honest with you. Well, I got to think again, the logistics too. And I, I, some of the scenes do look like they're, they're obviously filmed in a casino. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, it almost looked like it was Paris, but the, the dates don't match up. when that restaurant with when, or when that casino opened, um, it might have been New York, New York. This it looked like maybe the casino they may have used may have actually been in Europe. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But regardless, to drive a car around in in a uh, whether it was a soundstage or it looked like it was a casino because there's machines all over and everything like that. I don't know them getting as much as they could out of that footage. I, I don't have a problem with that. Oh yeah, no, and I mean PM Entertainment had it did that for years prior to that and. Sometimes big movies steal from, you know, there's, uh, I just watched the, uh, you know, since we've mentioned Iron Eagle and I try to mention as often as I can, uh, the Michael Dudikoff movie I reviewed earlier this month, uh, Black Thunder clearly had the Cessna footage from Iron Eagle in it. So it's the way you do things. It's, it's cheaper. Just use the stock footage. Especially, yeah, these studios that, that right. are trying to... I don't want to say they're low budget, but they're being they're trying to be as efficient as possible. Right. Where can we spend the money? Where can there, we cut? There, there are cut medium budget films. What can make it look bigger than a medium budget film? Oh, just use some some of that footage. So it's yeah. part of the charm. Um, you know, they kind of uh, yeah. So we get that uh, they finally get outside of the casino. Um, there's a little quick chase, but then they end up right. They go right back through another entrance of the casino. <laughs> this is the casino that no one can get out of. This, right. Almost this entire movie is, is multiple groups of people trying to just get the hell out of this casino. It's, it's like the hotel California. Um, you get to, so yeah, they get inside now. Ray's like, okay, let's, let's up the chaos. I'm going to hit the fire alarm. Cause why not? You got the people evacuating and Ray gets, they're into like the, uh, like a stock room. Maybe where they keep the, the booze. Wasn't it where they keep the, and, and he started. Yeah. Yeah. It was like all the, uh, and there wasn't much in there, but yeah, it's like all, wasn't much all the in bottles there. Then he's like, why was there only one valet? You know, the, the cocktail waitresses were, he starts thinking like, is this something going on with this casino? Is this thing, you know, and then is, is Charlie just, is he behind the robbery? Is, was this thing losing money and he's just trying to get the hell out? He's such a cheap ass. He gave himself away and he's going to rob his own casino. Right. So, um, you know, while while he's trying to figure all that out, in pops in living color himself, David Allen Grew, Detective Augustus, is like, "All right, you're coming with me." Um, meanwhile, the butcher has arrived. He's in Charlie's office, and he is sharing his theories about killing. Um, and you know, basically, his belief is killing a person is no different than the person killing all the chickens you know that we eat every day yeah it was uh he, he was trying to deliver these super ominous lines but i don't know if it's just because it was so late in the movie to introduce them or the 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 like 
Italian music that sounds like it's being played at Chuck E. Cheese pizzeria or something in the background. Just very like stereotypical. It just didn't come across very threatening, but he said something along the lines of there's a 16 year old boy on his first day of the job. That's already killed, you know, a hundred chickens today and I'm already behind. So I'm the butcher kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess whatever helps him sleep at night. Um, what did you think he was supposed to be played as like a threatening person? I almost didn't. I'm not entirely sure if he was supposed to or not. I, I, yeah, Dent Hopper kind of gives him just like a side eye, like who the hell is this guy throughout the movie? Like I think he's uh, almost like yeah, like maybe he was at one point, but like he's lost it. Like he's not all there. Obviously, I mean, if he's comparing killing a a person to killing a chicken, he's obviously not all there. So maybe something has uh, some wires are now crossed. Maybe he was always that way. Who knows? Uh, we just met him. Late in the movie, as you mentioned. That's true. Uh, so we get uh, Carl. Call- oh, yeah. Now we find out Carl. Carl calls Charlie. So Ray's deduction that Charlie may be involved in robbing this turned out his police instincts. His detective nose is still working. Um, Charlie tells Carl to get to the roof. I'll meet you up there. Again, picking him up in his own helicopter is kind of a dead giveaway, but I guess at this point they're desperate. Yeah, Butcher's guys uh, then run into Detective Augustus, Ray, and Rebecca, and they're like, oh, we'll take it from here, cop. We're with, you know, they try to give him some bull crap that they're from a different division or some such. But Augustus is a bit suspicious of it. Um, But they still, the, the bad guys get Rebecca, or I guess the Butcher's guys. Again, everybody's kind of bad in this movie. Uh, they get Rebecca. Now Ray gets a hold of Charlie. He's like, listen, man, I want my $450,000. I want Rebecca because I know you're behind this and you need to tell the cops. I had nothing to do with this bullcrap robbery of yours. Oh yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Come meet me at the cowboy cabaret on the 10th floor. If anyone ever tells you to meet them at the cowboy cabaret on the 10th floor, do not go there. Well, Ray's going to go. And Augustus tries to tell him that. He's like, that's probably going to be a trap, you know. Um, but, you know, Ray's like, I want to save Rebecca. Uh, obviously, he still loves her. Um, and they get up there. Uh, meanwhile, Charlie and Vince have made their way uh, to the roof. Um, Butcher is chasing Ray. Oh, yeah. Ray gets on the roller coaster now. He a little climbs, bit bigger than the train. He climbs up, gets to the roller coaster. The Butcher's after him. They're sh- shoot out on the roller coaster and then that's pretty much the end of the of the butcher i loved it he literally just sits in the back of the roller coaster and just keeps shouting where's my money ray where's my money ray he he says this like 15 times in this scene and it just keeps dragging on and on he just keeps shooting at him and then finally he gets taken out yeah he's done so thanks for coming butcher uh you've been cut uh dean and carl finally reunite up on the roof uh, Rebecca's on the roof too, and she's going right with Charlie. So again, it's like, what's her motivation? What is she? She's gone back and forth like three or four times. At this she, point. Has. she has. She's like the big show of this movie. Um, where were we? Oh, so yeah, Dean ends up getting into it with the SWAT guys. Uh, and that doesn't end well for him. So he's out. The co- chopper's starting to take off. Ray manages to jump, grab the skids and He's now dangling there. Carl just wants to take him out. Charlie stops him. Now we got Ray on 
to the helicopter and he says, hey, Carl, why don't you check that money? And boy, does he find quite the surprise, Ryan. That's right. Spliced inside these these uh, rolls that are, you know, pre-counted and everything are singles. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the, they do some pretty quick math uh, to figure it out. But they, they factor that at least about $11 million is missing from the, all the money they've stolen. And Charlie or at least spliced in with singles instead right. of you know, where, tens or hundreds, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Where's the rest of those hundreds? Where, where'd they go? Well, Charlie blames Vince saying he's the only other one who would know. Uh, and then this is the best scene. This is my favorite. Charlie pushes Vince out of the helicopter and then shoots him on the way down. Because he loves him. He li- at the end of the day, he liked the guy. So, you know, he wanted, uh, he wanted to make sure he was dead. Yeah, uh, didn't didn't like the idea that he would be conscious when he hit the ground. So <laughs> that was very nice of him. It was a mercy killing, I suppose. After he he's also the one that threw him out of the helicopter. Um, you've got uh, you know bullets have been flying too in this helicopter, and lo and behold, we get some engine trouble. Um, and must not have been too much trouble because apparently the thing much. hovered around for six hours. Yeah, because all of a sudden, all this was happening in the evening. And then it's daylight when this chopper lands at Hoover Dam. And Hoover Dam is not that far from Vegas. You can go drive there on like your Vegas trip, and it's maybe like a I think it's like a thirty. And I mean, and it's also drive, like so pure one hundred percent. It's dark. Yeah, it's a hundred percent daylight at the dam. It's not like oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's afternoon. The sun is creeping. There out. are tourists there. They're eating There's their lunches with yeah. a minivan having lunch, and Carl steals their minivan and heads to the. Uh, Lake Mead, I believe, is where, where he's like, oh, that's probably where Vince stashed the money. It's at Lake Mead. I'll meet you there. But uh, we don't know what ever happened to Carl. He, maybe he did find the money there if it really did. I don't think so, though. Um, so Charlie now is desperate. He takes Rebecca hostage and they go. They're going over the. They're on. They, they, they There is a scaffold. They're doing repairs to the dam. So they're on this scaffold going down the side of the dam. They're on top of the world. They are. Yes. Once again, on top of the world, we get some awesome zip line action. And I believe this was also used in that movie. I t- the, the disaster movie. Um, if my memory serves me. So yeah, you get Ray zip lining to the rescue. Um, and then Rebecca, I guess has to make another choice and she makes a good one here because they team up and it causes poor Charlie to plunge to his death. Um, and we- a pretty cool, um, obviously the, the, the stunt work again was really good in this as you literally had people in a, in a, um, lift or in a, you know, whatever we're going to call it on the dam. And it looked like when they, I mean, obviously there's not a person in it, but when that thing was skidding down the side of the dam, it looked like they actually did that. Or I don't, I don't know. It didn't look like super kind of cheesy nineties green screen. I'm just, maybe it was a right. miniature or something, but it looked pretty good at that final kind of plummet for uh old Charles Atlas. And we get our happy ending uh for Ray and Rebecca. And uh yeah. Not she- before Ray realizes that the the fate of 11 million dollars is now in the hands of the valet parking guy. Right, because she put the money in the trunk. It all comes back. So yeah, there you go. And uh your your final top of the world thoughts Ryan Campbell. Oh uh, yeah. So again, coming in with zero idea of what I didn't even have a plot. I didn't have a paragraph. I didn't have a sentence description. I had no idea what this movie was about. Um, 
But again, there, there were a lot of things in it, again, that kind of like Buckaroo Banzai, nowhere near on that level, but just little things that you like appreciate as you watch it. Um, the, the score was kind of super weird. Uh, some just weird musical choices that just kind of undercut a lot of the action. But again, it almost played into how the, the actors play the roles almost in a kind of ton in cheek. It's like semi-serious, but everyone seems to be kind of cheesing it up. Um, but again, a lot of really good payoffs, little side things and character moments that are, that are not just explained, but carry with those characters throughout the entire movie. So uh, it, was, it was a fun little watch for like a, what you usually get in a straight to eight VHS kind of release. I thought it was, if we're going to frame it in that, like it's not a theatrical release, it's a, DVD Ben release or, you know, straight to VHS. I thought it was a pretty good. And I think even in 97, it, it uh, held up pretty well. I, you know, I didn't, it was a nice fun watch. Yes. TV. Yeah. I will say this. It was unlike any new image movie I saw before this. Uh, I mean, other than the obviously recycled scenes. Um, yeah. Just the tone of it. The tone was completely different. Um, you know, the, new image movies that I have seen and, and that comprise most of our countdown were more straight up action movies where this is uh, got a little bit of everything in it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I went in pretty blind other than knowing some of the cast. Uh, I really had n- no idea what to expect, uh, but again, it made the list and I said, you know what? I'm going to watch every one of these movies on this list that I have not seen. And this was the first one I had picked. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching the others. Now I'm a big new image fan. And you know, I know some people have been like, you know, they had a lot of hit or miss stuff and that's exactly no doubt. No as doubt. As every action right. studio in, exactly. in history of time. And that is one of the reasons we do list like we do. It's like, cause in case you were somebody who's like, you know what? I saw a couple of them. I thought they were trash. They probably were, they may have been, but you know what? These 15, you know, we got a pretty good cross section of people who have all come together on a consensus that this is a pretty good list of 15. So if you haven't checked out some new image stuff, you want to take a look. A lot of these are streaming on a variety of the, the free options of Tubi or YouTube or freebie there. Most of them are on there. Um, so check it out. And of course, check out the countdown on bulletproofaction.com. Uh, to see which ones we think you should be watching. Um, yeah. Action movies are differentiated by the, what happens in the margins. So uh, on the surface there, a lot of them are the same formula. We've all seen cars blow up. We've all seen people fall off buildings. We've all seen guys hang from choppers. You know, we've seen heist movies and things like that. So how you inject, you know, the, the actors and how they handle the role and, and the writing and all these little things are what can kind of separate them and make them um, work. So yeah, those top, those movies on that list, the, the top 15 list there, all are ones that, that really work and, and something that, that uh, they were able to capture uh, in, in a lot of those movies is all that little stuff in the between. Yeah. I'm going to have to make sure you watch. Some. I don't know if we've ever watched us seals two or not, right? I thought we did. I think we did. I think I did show you that one, which was, which was number one on the list as well. It should have been. Um, so yeah, spoiler alert, by the way, that's number one. What are the other 14? <laughs> still, still, please go, please go read yeah, the article. Top of the world was number seven. So you could figure out the other, uh, 13 on your own. So yeah. Uh, again, 
I, I love this movie as far as uh, just like you said, is this going to be something I watch over and over again? Probably not. But as a just one time view with an all star cast director that I'm a fan of, it was fun. It was a good. Am I happy I watched it? Yes. I think yeah, that's exactly. that's at the end of the day, if you can say that when you watch some of these movies, then then that's a win. Right. It was not a waste of my time. Uh, I enjoyed it. Again, will I ever watch it again? Probably not, but you never know. I might be in a hankering. For, I might pick up some other things because there is stuff going on all the time. So maybe I, I miss some things. If you need a change of pace, but you still want to stay in something that's comfortable and action oriented, this is probably the perfect yeah. movie for that type of evening. Well said. Well said. All right, folks, uh, we're going to wrap things up now. Uh, social media. You can check us out there at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter, or as I, I guess I should call it X or Twitter X. Stupid. Um, and at Bulletproof X, X. on Instagram. Yeah. On X. Uh, at Bulletproof Action on Instagram, Facebook, and threads. Uh, BulletproofAction.com. You know, again, we just are wrapping up Actionversary, but we're not stopping now, Ryan Campbell. No, we're just getting going. Summer's ending. We're getting ready to head into uh, some spooky season. People are going to start being inside more. It's going to start getting colder, and they're going to want to watch some food, some movies. So we're ready. We're waiting. We're we're here for you. We we've got some stuff coming up in September. Quite a bit. You know, uh, I think just this weekend alone, the Equalizer Three is coming out. King of Killers hits VOD. I'll be covering both of those. Uh, I know you're going to continue your work. I know you're loving, I know you're loving the latest star Wars live action. That's right. Ahsoka is so good guys. It's, it's very good. If you're a fan of clone wars or rebels, it's, it's perfect. So uh, yeah, we'll continue. We're three episodes in. So um, unfortunately they don't do many episodes for this, these shows. So we're, we're uh, almost halfway through. Yeah. We're almost halfway through, but it's, it's so good. Uh, So check it out. Um, if nothing else come for the observations, they're always pretty entertaining, but we also have one I'm excited about. I don't, I don't know if I'm the one covering it, but the continental miniseries, that's going to be really cool. Um, you know, we got expendables four coming out. So there's lots of good stuff. The cool thing is, is obviously the summer is so dominated by the blockbusters and in the theaters, when you get to the end of summer, that's when a lot of the stuff where we kind of, uh, specialize a lot more of the, maybe the VOD stuff, or maybe some more like action movies or movies that want to avoid the kind of summer rush and not get eclipsed by Barbie and Oppenheimer and Marvel and all these other movies. So they start, they start doing that a little bit more September, try to squeeze in before Halloween, before the holiday movies. There's a nice little zone in there. And, and I think that's where, uh, you know, there's a lot of content that we can cover in there. Yeah, it's also September is also Don the Dragon Wilson's birthday. So we're going to have a special edition of Ranked, ranking the eight Blood Fist movies. Everyone. Love it. Love it. You know, we haven't had one of those in a bit, and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to drop this one on you all. We are going to have a whole week devoted to ninjas as Wonderful. part of our celebration of the 40th anniversary of Revenge of the Ninja, one of my all-time favorite ninja movies. Uh, we're going to be doing that. It's going to be Ninja Week. That's going to be a tight week because you could do like a ninja month easily. with easily. all. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a great week. So that is going to be the week of the 11th. Uh, check that out. We'll still have a little uh, Ahsoka in there too because 
it's going to happen. It gets it's got a little ninja vibes. There, there's Jedi's, been... Jedi's have a little bit of something. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, so that'll be happening as well. Uh, I probably should talk about it. We talked about it last time. The battle in Berg Three. Wrestling fans in the Cincinnati area. I'm excited. You, you might want to check this show out because it is going to be. We we had him on our, the show last time. Paul London will be there. Teaming up with our old friend Aaron Williams to take on Ron Mathis and Bruce Gray. WTF is their tag team name. Um, the new, newly crowned NWA world champion EC3 will be on hand, taking on Lord Crew. I don't, I don't believe that's going to be a title match, but you never know. What if it is? Um, I'm, I'm really excited for that because uh, for those of you that are unaware this is where me and brain met in the wrestling world. And there's a lot of people, a lot of friends that this is going to be somewhat almost like a reunion show. There's a lot of people I haven't seen in years that are going to be on the show. So I'm very excited. It's going to be a really good time. I'm very excited as well. I will be present uh, and doing commentary as it happens. So I have not done that in quite a long time. Looking forward to doing that. Uh, I will put the link in our, on the site again it's the battle in berg uh if you want to get tickets if you're in the cincinnati area obviously if you're not and you want to travel for this i'm not going to stop you but I, I'm, I'm aware that that's probably not likely uh but just any of our listeners lexington louisville dayton area yeah. you know uh right. maybe south uh southeast ohio area yeah, come on by. It's not too not too far of a drive. Right. It's worth it. Uh, you know, supporting indie wrestling is always a, a good thing to do. So there's that. And again, I mentioned Revenge of the Ninja. That is actually going to be the, the topic of our next podcast. Uh, I know the Toy Man will be back because that is his absolute favorite ninja movie. We'll try to get Mr. Chad Cruz back with us as well. And we'll try to get Chad Cruz at the Battle in Berg 3 if his schedule permits. Um, but uh yeah, so next time here on the podcast, Revenge of the Ninja will be celebrating its 40th anniversary as part of our Ninja Week on BulletproofAction.com. Uh, That's going to be a big one. It's going to be, I'm looking forward to September. Um, you know, you, you didn't want to just have this huge anniversary month and then just eh, business as usual. And No, no, we're going to keep going. We're going to have a freaking Ninja Week. We've got all kinds of new content coming out. Like you said, Expendables. King of Killers equalized the Continental, which if you if you want to cover that, Ryan Campbell, I'll allow it. Anybody who wants to take work off my plate, I <laughs> will allow it every time. So, yeah, that's like a three part gimmick. Uh, I think it's on Fridays. I think it's the last Friday of the month is when it starts, but uh, I may be mistaken. We'll, doesn't matter. We'll be we'll figured out. We'll figure it out. Just come to the website every day and, and see if it's or, there or, or just stay tuned to our social, as I said, or both, uh, because do both do both. Um, all right. Anything else you want to say before we go? Nope. I think I'm good. Uh, it's always a good time here at bullet on the booth booth podcast. I'm always happy to be here. Uh, just keep feeding me movies. I'll keep watching them. Uh, happy to have you here with me. Uh, and yeah, Happy to have all of you listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network.